Hey everybody, thanks for listening today. I'm Addie. And I'm Bree. As I'm sure you can tell, we are not the shrinks. But you'll hear our conversation with them shortly. Today's episode was originally recorded in February 2022 and was the top download episode for all of Shrink Wrap last year. Since then, our lives have changed a bit. We've moved halfway across the country, I started flying for the airlines, and we got married in January. With the abundance of winter weather, they've been unable to make it to the studio. So they reached out to us asking to share a little bit about what's happened with transgender rights between then and now. In 2022, the Human Rights Campaign reported 350 anti-LGBTQ bills were introduced. As of March 29, 2023, the HRC has already reported 434 anti-LGBTQ bills across the country. Two dozen of them have already been passed into law. All of those bills restrict access to transgender health care, restroom usage, and sports participation. This is the highest number across the country to date. In February, South Dakota passed House Bill 1080, banning certain kinds of gender-affirming health care for transgender kids. The attacks that the transgender community are facing is unprecedented. It is my hope that you can hear this podcast episode with an open mind. I assure you, transgender people all across America are scared, myself included. Please do not forget that we are humans too. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to Shrink Wrap, a podcast where Fran and Becky give proper respect to various mental health and wellness topics while adding in a little bit of smart assery that they just can't seem to contain. This podcast cannot and does not constitute therapy advice. However, we do hope that you find the information we share with you helpful and entertaining. Please be advised that this podcast discusses topics that can be sensitive to some listeners. Use appropriate discretion. Hey, everybody. Welcome. Welcome. We are so glad uh, you all have tuned in again on this fine Monday. Um, We're super excited because once again, not only is it recording day. Yes, our favorite day. Our favorite day. Yeah. But we have guest speakers today. Super excited. We have guest speakers. We're going to be talking on the topic of transgender issues. And joining us today is Addie Morosco. I did good, didn't I? And her fiance, Brie Kahn, who's an Aberdeen native and um, a friend of my daughter's. And so it's just really super cool to see her again, too, her beautiful face. So with that being said, I'm going to turn it over to you, Addie. Okay. Hi, guys. Um, So I am Addie. I have, um, I guess, originally, I live in Fargo, North Dakota currently, originally from Cleveland, Ohio. I grew up in Cleveland. Cleveland rocks. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So is Cleveland part of the Midwest? Um. Ooh. Is this like East River, West River shit you're bringing up? I mean, kind of, but there's only one right answer. I think Cleveland is the start of the Midwest. I'm sorry, you're wrong, but continue. Ah! Speaking of making our guests welcome, Brody. I know, I'm sorry. This is just a fact. Okay. So, no, I think the Midwest is from Wisconsin over to, I guess, the edge of South Dakota. That sounds like the upper Midwest. Well, it is the upper. So then, what? So, so then, Ohio can be the east, eastern Midwest. I, I it, could maybe it, go so from if there. If it's the eastern Midwest, then what is it? <gasps> oh! I, I see what you did with the Venn diagram. <laughs> I'm not sure that I agree, but yeah, Ohio is a weird. So in and in Indiana and. 
Because to me, if you're maybe, not Midwest, then are you East Coast? And that's not right, East Coast. You know you're what? right. I don't so give a shit at all. It's Chicago Midwest. Oh, I, that's go. what I was just thinking to myself. And it is. The and mental gymnastics I have to go through mm-hmm. now to trash on Ohio. I, I don't know where the hatred comes from, but yeah. it's, it's not. Wow. It's just I don't know. You, gr- I grew up in Minnesota, right? So, and that is Minnesota. most squarely <laughs> the, the Midwest, and or it's the Great White North is what yeah. it is, and we're not far from that here. But I would like to give a shout out at this moment to anybody who's still li- listening to the <laughs> podcast. Know, I, I just, wait, I if wanna, you haven't turned it off, thank you. Oh my god, I got to do one more tangent though. Oh, As no. the introduction was going, Brody, you were doing some interpretive kind of dance I've so, never seen you do before, and really. Yes. Oh, it's because you're not watching. I do it every time. Just you do a little do. little conductor, like, bop. He no, does give but, us the yeah. cue. Like, no, I, I give you the cue, but it, this, the, the, oh. the, sounds, movement. the sounds remind me of the Frasier theme song. Yes. Scramble eggs or whatever it is. Oh, my God. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I've never we seen you move like that before. Oh, boring, and I'm scared. Okay. So, okay. Well, now that I've derailed this, I apologize. Yeah. So you're from Ohio, so and you live in Fargo. Yes. Tell us more about you. Yeah. So, grew up in Ohio. Um, now, obviously, today we're talking about transgender issues. Um, mm-hmm. I am trans. Um, I'm not. I don't try to hide that. I'm proud of that. It's part of my identity and who I am. Mm-hmm. Um, growing up, I went to school outside of Cleveland, Ohio. Um, I always tell people I felt different. Um, and I, from an early age, I did not quite understand what it was. Um, seven, eight years old. I just, I always told people, like I told you guys earlier, I felt different. Mm -hmm. Um, I couldn't explain it. Um, I didn't have an answer for it, but I just knew it was different. And so as I grew up, we got access to a family computer, um, a laptop. And finally I was able to Google things away from direct supervision of my parents Mm -hmm. on the desktop. Mm -hmm. Um, and I Googled, why do I feel like a girl? And all this information came up about being transgender. And I was like, oh, my gosh, like, this is me. Like, this is it. Mm -hmm. This totally explains it. What year was this? This was, oh, gosh, I was 11. So 2007. 2007, 2008. And so I was so ecstatic. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I finally have an answer for the way I feel. And then I started clicking on the links. And I read about it. And all I'd read is um, sex work, homelessness, being disowned by your parents, um, mm. drug abuse. And I'm like, oh, my God, I, mm. this can't be me. Like, oh, no, I, mm-hmm. I, I, I can't do this. And so I did everything in my power to try to suppress these feelings. And I fought like, I mean, it would be like little battles, whether it was just wearing like like women's underwear, like something so simple. Like Mm -hmm. it's just like I would do something and I'd be like almost negotiating with myself about my gender identity um, day in and day out. And I, I just couldn't like every time it would become more and more like the, like the, if it was a scale, it would shift Mm -hmm. um, a little bit more towards my true identity as being a transgender woman. And I fought with that for so long um, when I was 14 years old, I was in a really bad car accident. I was seriously injured. I probably, I really should be dead um, from the accident. Um, wow. I was life flight of the hospital. I got really lucky. Um, um, one of the, the life flight helicopter that they sent to pick me up carried blood on board. And wow. I had shattered my left um, femur and it partially severed my femoral artery. And the helicopter had blood on board and they were wow. able to transfuse me before they flew to the hospital. Wow. And that was the difference. Like the, the, the flight nurses told wow. me, they're like, if we couldn't give you that blood, you would have never made it to the hospital. Oh, thank goodness. Um, 
So I learned a lot then, and that's kind of when I really started accepting, oh my gosh, this is this is who I am. Like, I would have died that day, mm-hmm. and nobody would have ever known yeah. my identity, mm-hmm. even though, like, and, and that hurts to think about, because I would have, like, my my gravestone forever would have said that Bobby, mm-hmm. Bobby Morasco, like, mm-hmm. my dead name. Mm-hmm. And I just think, um, looking back on that, it kind of really shaped my life going forward. Um, I still wasn't ready to tell my parents. Mm-hmm. Um we kept on going. Unfortunately, um, well, fortunately, once I became 16, I got a car. I was able to go to the store and shop for clothes on my own. And I would hide those clothes around my room. Mm-hmm. Well, my mom, being the awesome mom she could be, cleans my room from time to time. And she found clothes. Mm-hmm. And she never, she didn't confront me about it initially. Um, I found out she had known for a few months. And she would keep on checking and see the newer mm-hmm. and newer clothes that kept on showing up. Um, finally, we had a trip to California planned as a family, um, Southern California, Los Angeles. And I, in part of my negotiation with myself, I only packed women's underwear for the whole trip um, just oh. to force myself. And like that for me, like that's all I could do to express my identity. And it sounds so stupid. I know. No, it sounds no, it safe, actually. Like for you at that moment, yeah, that was a safe that was way the to do safe it. safe way mm-hmm. that I could express my identity. And yeah. I guess maybe it's silly, but it just, it, it was what worked. It also seems like a big mm-hmm. risk, that, not not a risk, but you're forcing yourself into the situation. And that was right? the idea. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I put myself in a position to where I couldn't back out of it. Or, yeah. well, you could go mm-hmm. commando, I guess, but. I could. Yeah, yeah but to, that would be awkward. Yeah. yeah. No, I were tight shorts okay. <laughs> <laughs> which is where that comes up because okay. what ended up doing me in and like i know how to hide stuff in a suitcase like mm-hmm. i traveled a lot growing up so like you can go under like i had a cut in the layer oh, so yeah. it hide it. so you couldn't just open up my suitcase and see anything um that being said um what i did not know about real laugh because she knows where this is going panty lines ah oh. <gasps> Those are a thing. Yes. Yes, oh, they are. I'm a 50-year-old we woman. We call them BPL, <laughs> yeah. vertical panty lines in my day. That's what Visible, it was. Visible panty yeah, lines. No. What are you? I, I don't need to know what you're wearing, but I'm pretty sure it's visible, not yeah. vertical. I, I, Ours always been visible panty lines. I thought it was vertical. Why, but I'm a nerd. <laughs> where's the vertical going? When yeah. you're wearing your, your ass, it's going straight up your ass. That's a thong, and you have lines. My God, do you see how we just go off the rails? Thank you to another episode of Educating okay, Friends. Anyway, right, e stands for explicit, not everyone, and BPL stands for visible panty lines. Okay, okay, back to Addie. So, <laughs> Save her, Addie. So, regardless, um, I think. That's what did me and my mom. We were at the Pacific Coast Aquarium in Long Beach. I'm sure if you guys have been no, there. No, nothing. Like, no, it's a big aquarium in Long Beach. Um, and we, I apparently that's, it was at the seal exhibit. My mom later oh, told me, no. but that's where she, she, um, she figured it out and she didn't confront me on the spot. Um, mm-hmm. She started dropping hints to like subtle hints that she knew. Mm-hmm. Um, and then sure enough, um, a few weeks later stuff like I, I, I could tell that yeah. she knew and we had a conversation about it um and at the time just with where i was in life we agreed that it wasn't right for me to come out okay um so we kind of pushed it under the rug and kept on going back and forth about it i was not ready to tell my father at that point yeah um, a little background about- i was gonna say before mm-hmm. we get into the factoid i want you to talk about your dad yeah so who oh, now i just realized when you said your dead name mm-hmm. you're named after him okay I wait a minute let's define what a dead name yes. is because a lot of our re- listeners right. probably do not right. know 
So a dead name is like it was my name assigned at birth. It was the mm-hmm. name my parents gave me um, in my old gender. Um, and that's what I was named before I transitioned, before mm-hmm. I legally changed my name. Um, so, yeah, the dead naming. We'll probably talk about that a little bit more later. Yeah, but, um, we will. Just it, never, never, ever ask a trans person their dead name. Mm-hmm. It, it's their right to tell you. Regardless, going back to my father, um, mm-hmm. I was not ready to tell him. Um, a little background about my dad. Um, he is a, he's one of nine children. Um, so <laughs> pretty big family. He is an ex NFL football player. He did play professional football for three seasons in the NFL. Um, afterwards he left the NFL to become a firefighter. Wait, he's got a Super Bowl ring guys. Oh yeah, he does. New York mm-hmm. Giants. And a national championship. So he and didn't play with the Vikings is what you're saying. Yeah. Right? Okay. Well, got he it. started yeah. off with the Oilers. So Jim yeah. has always been an Oilers mm-hmm. fan. So I texted Jim and I said, Hey, do you recognize this name? He used to play for the Houston Oilers. And he's like, no. And I said, well, then you're obviously not a fan because they won a Super Bowl. And he's like, who did he play for after that? Cause the Oilers never won a Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. New York Giants. Yep. So he was, um, he, and it, the Super Super Bowl was in 1990, the New York Giants Super Bowl 25. Um, that was his, he was with the Giants. It's when Scott Norwood missed the field goal at the end to win it um, for the Bills, which worked out, my, Bills fans. Yeah, worked out my dad's favor. But um, yeah, so he did that. He's a firefighter. Um, my dad is a man's man. He hunts, fishes, wears camouflage, drives a pickup truck. Like, carries an axe. Yeah, carries an axe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> scares my fiance. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, so it's just um, that's the type of person he is. And at the time, everything I read on the internet said my dad probably shouldn't ex- accept me, and, and we'll disown you. Yeah, and we'll disown me. Mm-hmm. And that's and that's the mindset I was going off of. And and it, looking back on it, it kind of stinks because mm-hmm. it ended up not being that way. But um, at the time, that's the premise we were working off of. So yeah. So can I ask what? Di- how was his reaction? I guess we talked about how mm-hmm. there was really not much of a reaction, but what was his reaction? Yeah. So fast forward a few years, um, I am a month away. So I graduated high school. Um, at this point, I have been on hormones for about two months. When I told mm-hmm. my dad, and changes were starting to happen uh, as a result of HRT. So I was like, "Well, crap! I'm hormone not replacement therapy." Yep. Yep. Sorry. Oh, no, that's gosh. okay. Sorry. No, that's mm-hmm. okay. Um, yeah, so I was on hormone replacement therapy, so feminizing hormones for two months. Changes were starting to happen, and I was quickly realizing, uh-oh, I'm not going to be able to hide this much longer. Yeah. Um, so as a result, um, I decided one night, um, and we were sitting on the couch. I remember this. My mom was out on a walk with our dog, and it was just me and my dad. I, we, there was a baseball game on, and I turned to my dad, and this was the year um, Caitlyn Jenner came out. And ah. so Caitlyn was all over the news yeah. at that point. And my dad had obviously heard about it being in athletics and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I asked my dad, I'm like, Hey, like, are you familiar with Kate, like Caitlin? Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, of course. And I was like, I, I kind of felt out what he thought about it. And he mm-hmm. didn't have much to say. He's like, Oh, whatever. Like you do you sort of thing. And I was like, so I have been going to therapy. Um, he knew I was going to therapy for four months. Mm-hmm. Me and my mom had told him I was going to therapy for PTSD from my accident oh. when I was 14. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that was the premise he thought I was going there under. Um, however, to this night, I was honest with him. I said, hey, so you know how I've been going to therapy? And he's like, well, yeah. And I'm like, cool. I'm like, they diagnosed me with something. And he's like, okay, like, like PTSD? Like what? I'm like, well, I got diagnosed with gender dysphoria and I'm like, I'm transgender. And he just said, oh, pause. Like, and Mm -hmm. it probably, I mean, it probably wasn't that long of a pause. It felt like an eternity. Mm -hmm. And first words out of his mouth then were, you're my kid. 
you'll always be my kid and I'll always love you. Mm-hmm. Aww. I love that. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then there were oh, some Bob. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there were some slightly inappropriate questions shortly after. <laughs> To be expected. Yeah. I think any good <laughs> coming out, sorry. He was right. curious. And I'm like, really, Dad? That's where we're going to go? Because <laughs> um, I'll go there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, um, oh. yeah, so that was that. Um, we kind of talked about it. Um, I Because my mom and I had been fighting a lot in the mm-hmm. weeks leading up to that over that. Um, and we had a conversation about that. He's like, I don't care what you are, who you are. Like, don't fight with your mother. Like, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. stuff mm-hmm. um and then the next day we talked about it some more and he that's when he chalked up he's like you know you never had a girlfriend in high school i always thought you were gay mm-hmm. i'm like well i probably threw a curveball here <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um so yeah i came out to my dad a month later i moved from lovely northeast ohio to grand forks north dakota to I'm attend sorry. school at mm. the university of north dakota mm-hmm. yeah. um we're I, a bison family mm-hmm. so that's unfortunate but that's okay yeah. <laughs> that's fine <laughs> yeah i mean you can't get a mm-hmm. avionics degree at ndsu so no, you can get a farming degree <laughs> <laughs> true story <laughs> before you go forward i just want to ask so the uh, as we talk about transgender as a as a society, right? Mm-hmm. It's very much your identity, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and correct, obviously, correct me if I'm wrong. How did you feel then having the diagnosis? Right, a diagnosis feels like something different than a change of identity. Like or it's I, like it's a disorder. Like right. there's something yeah. wrong with yeah. you. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so at the time, it was gender identity disorder. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this was 2015. So it was called the disorder. Um, it didn't really bother me because it's who I was. Like mm-hmm. I, I just realized it. And I, and I think at the time it was, it was changing and the language and culture right. around it was changing quite a bit. Um, so I didn't feel too put off. Now I did have my struggles with the FAA, um, the Federal Aviation mm-hmm. Administration, mm-hmm. because I did want to be a pilot. Oh, sure. Um, so, Mental stability is kind of important for pilots. So, mm-hmm. you know, um, we can all agree with that. I definitely had my hardships early on, but I also, um, the bigger, one of the bigger problems with my flight medical at the time was the traumatic brain injury from mm-hmm. that accident. So I was dealing with a lot of stuff medically already, mm-hmm. um, that it kind of just all washed together. Um, since then, the FAA has changed their stance on gender or dysphoria, um, mm-hmm. and they are much, much better. Um, the process to get a flight medical. Um, is a lot simpler um, these days. But yeah, going back to it, um, I moved away to North Dakota. Um, Kind of an interesting topic, a lot of negotiation with my parents that went on in this. I was not out when I moved to North Dakota. Mm -hmm. I wanted to be, but my parents wouldn't let me. Mm -hmm. Um, Quoting my dad, he's like, you're moving to one of the most conservative states in the nation. He's like, I am not having you go out as transgender up there. So they were worried about your safety. Exactly. A hundred percent. And that's what he told me. He, he and said, understandably like, so. and he's like, look at this, you're on hormone replacement therapy. That's not going to change anything. Like you're still taking hormones. Mm-hmm. You're still doing everything you can medically to transition. Just don't be out when you get up there first. Mm-hmm. At mm-hmm. first, he's like, you don't know. And so I did that. I honored his wishes. Um, and I came to UND um, big move, obviously, moving a mm-hmm. thousand miles away from home right. at 18. But um, came here. I was, I remember I was enrolled in a first year class at UND. It was called uh, Aviation and Gender Studies. It was a combination of gender oh. studies and aviation. And they looked at the history of women in aviation. <laughs> Which would be mm-hmm. a very interesting. Yeah. And I right. was like, oh, wow, this is like, so it was just a first year seminar class and they only hosted it every third year. So it was just oh, coincidental yeah. that I got to take it. I was like, oh, my gosh, I, like, enrolled in it instantly. Yeah. And on day one of the class, it was my first college class, too, ironically. 
we were going over the syllabus and it was like October 20th, I think was the class day for like later on in the semester. Mm -hmm. And it was transgender pilots. What? And I was just what? like, I mean, I saw this in the Damn. syllabus and then the professor reads it off and he's like, yeah, we'll talk about on the 20th where you're going to be talking about transgender pilots. And he's like, nobody laughed. They do exist. Mm -hmm. And I'm just sitting there like on hormone therapy thinking, oh, my God. Yeah. Wow. Um, and like, he was really uh, the professor was very optimistic. So then so I decided to stay after class and tell the professor I was right. I was like, yeah, it's day one. But I'm like this guy. I, I told him like, hey, like. I'm I'm not out yet, but I've been on hormone therapy for four months at this point. Like, just so you're aware, like I know a lot of trans pilots in the industry. I can bring people in and like connect you with wow. them. And so, ended up doing that. The semester went on, and I connected them. There were a couple trans pilots that I knew that came in um, awesome. and spoke to the class. A really cool opportunity. Mm -hmm. um, I still wasn't out. How was it class. received by um, fellow students? I, I felt for the most part pretty good. Um, okay. A lot of again. <laughs> I don't want to, it's almost like a don't ask, don't tell sort of thing. Okay. And I mean, I haven't, I've definitely had my problems at UND being trans, especially once I came out. Um, but it, it's just, um, yeah, it's just, it depends. Okay. It's so subjective between students and it doesn't, okay, so it doesn't help. Aviation is a relatively conservative occupation already. Um, I mean, except for doing yeah. coke before a flight. I understand mm -hmm. that's accepted. Yeah, Denzel but... Washington can do that. Yeah, okay, he it. can do it. Okay, yeah. only him. Okay. Mm -hmm. But um, <laughs> but yeah, so it's um, it, it was received, I think, pretty well for the most part. I mean, okay. people showed up. Uh, there was like the presentation that evening then. I mean, they had the class where they came and spoke to the class, but then that evening there was a presentation. Um, I should say it was only one trans pilot and two gay guys. Okay. But, um, it, it was still pretty positive. At this point, I will mention, I was not out yet. There was a few people that I had told personally in mm -hmm. the next few months, mm -hmm. um, but I wasn't out publicly. Um, it wasn't until the end of October when I officially came out. Um, unfortunately, the hormone changes were starting to become too much, okay. mm -hmm. and I had, to, okay. I had to come out. Changes started becoming noticeable, and I, a friend told me. <laughs> That new. So she said, hey, you really can't hide that any longer. It's probably time you do something about this. Um, so I did. I talked to my parents and it became like a whole conversation. And it, it kind of I called my grandma. I came out to her and my grandpa. How'd that go? Um, they took it well. I, I really do. Yeah. My grandpa was a little confused at first, but then my dad did something similar to like the whole writing trick. Not quite that, but kind of explained it like that. Explain um, what that was, because we okay. had a little lunch before the mm -hmm. podcast today, so go ahead. Okay, yeah, so I guess um, people always ask, well, what's it like to be transgender? And, like, how, how can you be, like, like especially I hear, like, oh, God made you this way. Like, is it really, like, like how can you be that way? Mm -hmm. And so I had... Um, I had you grab the um, yeah because well I was explaining talk about your yeah I was yeah. explaining to Addie that I understand gay and lesbian because I know what it's like to be attracted to somebody mm -hmm. so I can like oh you're attracted to somebody that's easy for me but to wait understand a minute. transgender people are attracted to somebody well no I'm well, just putting she's... in it my framework this is just okay. my framework is okay. all it is like, okay so that's she's why... talking about sexual identity versus gender identity right and exactly so... but what I have never felt is uncomfortable in the body I was born in and so mm -hmm. I don't have mm -hmm. a framework or reference for that. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I mean by that. I have a frame yeah. of reference for sexual attraction. I don't have a frame of reference for not feeling comfortable in your own skin or not feeling like the body you have is the body you should have. Right. Should we run the test on Brody just to see? Yeah. Let's do it. Absolutely. Yeah. Do, we have, do you have a pen? Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. 
we're going to get it. So this is what Addie had me do. And um, she was really sweet when the light flicked on in my head. Um, so write your name. So anybody out there, if you are like me and struggle with understanding it, go ahead and write your name. Okay. Brody, how did that feel? Good. Talk to me. Good. I, Good. Okay. I've written my name for 30-something years. Wrote so. it with your left hand. Okay. Yeah, or your right hand, I'm sorry. Yeah, I wrote it with my right hand. Okay. okay so you're right-handed. Yep. Yep. Now write it with your left hand. Well, I don't want to do this at all. I know. Exactly. Yeah. He looks exactly like I did trying to write Becky with my left hand. Yeah, his handwriting is actually better am, with his left yeah. hand yeah. than his right. Yeah. How did it feel to write with your left hand? Extremely uncomfortable. Yeah. Awkward. Different. Awkward. Yeah. Unnatural. I would use the word yes. unnatural. unnatural. Yeah. yeah. You have to, it's way more concentration to do normal things. Am I ex maybe explaining yeah. that right? Right. Yeah. So I would really encourage anybody out there, if um, if you are in the same boat as me and don't have a frame of reference for that, um, if nothing else, it's going to give you some idea of what it feels like. Like if I had to run around and write only with my left hand all the time, and actually a couple of years ago, I had hand surgery on my right hand. So I had to do a lot of things with my left hand and hated it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I could not wait for my right hand to heal so I could go back to using it. Um, it does give you at least a glimpse into what that could be like, mm -hmm. if Dis that's fair. Disclaimer, if you're talking to somebody that's, what is it, ambidextrous? Mm -hmm. Ambidextrous, yeah. Ambidextrous, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they can write with both hands, yeah. probably won't work. Yeah. Yeah. Find something else. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I don't have anything Write with your toes. <laughs> yeah. See how that feels. But, th that, but that was, was a good exercise. But yeah, and that's what it was. So my dad, um, he explained to my grandpa, because my grandpa asked my dad, like, oh, well, he's a white male like he has it made why why would he ever want to do this oh god a valid point mm -hmm. and that's what my dad turned my dad turned it around on my grandpa and said exactly that's the point right he had everything yeah mm -hmm. and yet still, why would you choose yeah, yeah why would you choose <laughs> if you this? felt it yeah. was a choice yeah mm -hmm. and and that's just it it's not a choice mm -hmm. it's, ju it's just like why you write with your right hand or your left hand it's yeah. because you're right or left-handed and just, i've been right-handed as long as i can remember mm -hmm. exactly yeah Mm -hmm. And yeah, and that's just it. So, and there are lefties mm -hmm. in my family, mm -hmm. you know. So it's not like we're exclusively righties. There's some lefties. Mm -hmm. We're just born that way. Exactly. And and that's really what it comes down to. Um, so I had that conversation. Um, I did come out then at the end of that week. Mm -hmm. um, I came out via social media. It was kind of the easiest thing. Um, a cheesy coming out letter on <laughs> Facebook. Mm -hmm. um, but how old were you? Like nineteen or twenty? Eighteen. Yeah. Eighteen. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Of course, it was cheesy social media. Mm -hmm. <laughs> But, um, so yeah, I did that. Um, tra tragically, oh my word, the next day I came out, I broke my leg. I broke my right ankle. I fell on ice. Ah. Um, classic North Dakota. Um, <laughs> they obviously don't teach you how to walk on ice yeah. in Ohio, I yeah. guess. Yeah. You have to do the fine. penguin walk in well, Ohio. But officially, whatever. it was a merry-go-round at a playground. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now, the, now the real story comes out. <laughs> yeah. So did you, did, I wonder in this age of social media, uh, did you create a new, did you just change your name on Facebook or did you create a new account? Most people create a new accounts. I just changed my name. Okay. okay. I, yep. So everybody, I'm like, you know, if you don't want to be connected with me anymore, defriend me. Your mm -hmm. problem though. So then yeah. is it weird or how does it feel when that letter comes up on your memories? I I mean, I don't know. I mean, I have pictures on my phone. Like I was going to say our older pictures. Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. One sec. I had turned my phone off, but I'll turn it back on. I'll show you guys some pictures. That's okay. A friend just lets it ring during the show I all do. the time. So it's I just fine. I don't need to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Once it boots up, I'll show you some pictures. Okay. Um, it was, but um, 
regardless, the next day, and this was kind of important in the context, I broke my ankle. Mm-hmm. Um, and it required surgery to fix. I broke it bad. <laughs> um, and I had to, my parents didn't believe me when I told them that I fell off merry-ground. And that is the truth. I really was playing at a playground on a little merry-ground. Mm-hmm. Like those ones that are dangerous that they've been getting rid of. And I fell off and broke my ankle, um, tore some ligaments and broke my fibula, the smaller one. Mm. And I had I told my parents that obviously they had to come up and help with the surgery and stuff. Um, and I mean, I remember it was about three weeks later. My parents told me they're like, "You can really tell us what happened. Like, did you actually break your ankle, or did somebody kick, mm. kick oh. the crap out of you?" Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's just that was kind of the truth for them. And I had to explain like, no, no, like really, yeah. it's been it's been OK. Like I've been doing pretty good. I've had a few problems, but it's not horrible. Mm-hmm. Um, fortunately, UND, they had software. So once I did come out publicly, I was able even though my legal name change wasn't done yet, mm-hmm. I was able to um, change my preferred name in the oh. UND, the University of North Dakota campus system. Nice. So when I'd show up on documents and stuff, it would be my preferred name, mm-hmm. which was really comforting. Um, I t- Most of the professors, I'm pretty sure, like in the aerospace side of things, they mm-hmm. talked to the professors about it. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, and kind of addressed it saying like, hey, we do have a transgender student, be respectful, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, and from the aviation side of things like I got nothing but respect from the professors um pretty much all the way through college um Mm -hmm. ironically my last final of my last class at UND was Mm -hmm. the first time I had a problem which Mm. was literally the last time I was there and that Mm -hmm. professor retired two weeks later so I'm guessing he really just didn't care yeah um but I have nothing pretty much nothing but good to say about the University of North Dakota. You know what, That's though, I think you raise mm-hmm. an interesting point, though, Addie. You know, when we <coughs> talked about doing this podcast, we're not out to change anybody's minds on anything. Mm-hmm. That is not our goal. We want to provide some information. We want to make it uh, more personal and not just this, you know, out there topic. Mm-hmm. Um, and we want, hopefully, again, to further our message of kindness. Like, right. just about every podcast we do, we're like, just effing be kind already. Right. And you bring up a good point. Your parents were worried that you got the shit kicked out of you. Mm-hmm. Like there are, as parents that have sent their kids to college, you and I both know, Fran, the worries that go on. Are oh, they going to yeah. drink too much? Are they, you know, if you if you have daughters, are they going to get sexually assaulted? Not to say that men don't, but women more often do. Mm-hmm. Um, all these things that you worry about. And I don't know, just to have that extra layer of worry. Of worry. Yes. Yeah. Especially sending you to North Dakota, which is, you know, pretty conservative, very, right? Very conservative. But, but there, there let's are shout kind, out to UND. There are kind people everywhere and there are assholes everywhere. Right. But it is a little conservative. I'm former I'm a North Dakota girl, so we are conservative. So are we do you want to continue your story? Are we ready for a fantastic fact? I can't believe I we've think, gone this long yeah. without the fact. I know. She's let's, been vibrating over I know. there. Just. Yeah. Like, let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> So we're ready. Okay. Fantastic factoid. According to the UCLA Williams Institute 2016, 0.6% of the U.S. adult population identifies as transgender or 1.4 million adults. That's huge. Because when you hear 0.6%, you're like, right? that's nothing. But then you hear 1.4 million. Right. Wow. And of those, 55% identify as white, 16% identify as African-American or black, 21% are Latino or Hispanic, and 8% identify as another race or ethnicity. 
We also have a lot of other stats, and all the source for all of these stats are the 2015 U.S. Transgender Survey, which had a lot of people from 50 states to over 27,000. So, Addie, I'm going to hand this back to you to talk about some family stuff. Um, but yeah, kind of going going forward off that factoid, I'm talking about family. Um, I think it's just... Um, it's family. Oh my gosh. It's just, Oh, it's so complex because <laughs> I, I, I have had people come to me and say, Oh my, should I come out? They asked me that question mm-hmm. and I'm like, that's not fair. No, right. No. Right. Like, I don't know your family. I don't know your friends, like your social right. group, your town. Like there's so many things. I mean, when I look at my life, I, everything on the internet told me my dad shouldn't have accepted me right. and should have disowned me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He didn't, he didn't even bat an eye. Mm-hmm. And and I think that's what's so important. Like, we can't assume. And I really, tragically, that does go both ways. We mm-hmm. can't assume right. both ways. Um, but it, it's up to you to figure out what's right for you. One um, of the things I tell people um, who have a family member who's transgender and thinking about, like, especially to parents or like grandparents, um, be patient with them. Because I think some grandparents are kind of like your grandpa, going to have a tough time. And so help them along the journey. Like, don't get pissed if they screw up. Help that's them. Perfect. This mm-hmm. is how I explain it to people that I love that you brought this up. How so? I, I can ask myself, how long have I known I've transgender? Mm-hmm. I've always felt different since I can remember. Since I was out of diapers, I've, I can remember always feeling different. I found out I was trans around 10, 11 years old because mm-hmm. I was able to Google what it was. Right. So for the next seven years, I was coping with that. Yeah. And learning that's who I was and dealing with that identity within myself by every yourself. single by myself mm-hmm. every single day. Mm-hmm. And then I dropped this on my dad. Mm-hmm. He, I didn't, like, again, I dropped it on my dad. I dropped it on my mom, my sister, everybody. And I didn't expect them to know what it was overnight. Because right. it's like, why do, it's not fair that we get all, I got seven years to prepare for this. Mm-hmm. And I'm giving that, and I, I can't expect them to take 10 minutes and think, okay, yeah, this is yeah. how it's going to be now. I've heard people say like, oh, they're just going to use their dead name. And I'm like, okay, well then gently remind them. Mm-hmm. This isn't the name we use anymore. This is the name. Exactly. You know, don't say, how mm-hmm. dare you? Unless it's malicious. And then that's a whole other, like right. if they're just Which, purposely being assholes, and, that's a whole other level. And that's what I get into it. Um, recently at UND, um, they presented a gender inclusion policy. And this came up, and I spoke to President Armacost about this, the University of North Dakota president. Mm-hmm. And because he asked, he he said, what is, like, what is, like, when it comes to misgendering? Like, if we have a policy on this, like, what if somebody makes a mistake? I'm like, well, then it's just that, Andy. It's a mistake. Mm-hmm. Like, and and there's a difference there. Like, if it's a mistake, we all learn from it. I've, I learned yeah. from it even being trans. Mm-hmm. Have I misgendered myself? Heck yeah. Early mm-hmm. on in my transition, I misgendered myself. I remember one time I was in an Uber with my sister in Palm Springs, California, mm-hmm. going to In-N-Out. And the Uber driver asked how we knew each other. And I said we were brother and sister. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I was just like, right. I was like, oh, we're brother and sister. And, and then she looked I, the at car you like- just went silent. <laughs> and I was just like, ah, but it was like, yeah. I mean, I'd only been out 
for eight right. months, and I did right. that to myself. And mm-hmm. I I laugh about it now. And so I again, bottom so line, be kind. Exactly. Right. With yeah. everybody. Kindness mm-hmm. begets kindness. And, and be kind to yourself mm-hmm. as yeah. well. But I do have to say, as a therapist in this with families, I often have worked with moms and dads and transgender <laughs> students, kids, whatever. I do think it can really help facilitate that the time length of acceptance and understanding because you have this other person that can give facts and can point resources and those types of things. I think that's helpful. But I think the bottom line is, I mean, when I have a client that's transgender, I am worried about suicide. That is a very, very serious issue. And if the family is not behind them and they don't have support, those numbers are scary. Yeah. I mean, even with the family, Behind the numbers are still really, really horrifying. Yes. Yeah. Um, but I mean, so that's a great topic to jump into. The suicide yeah. rate in the transgender community is a staggering forty. I think forty-one percent, forty percent. If I remember correctly, that um, is incredible. Yeah, it is thirty-nine percent of yeah. the the trans survey experienced serious psychological distress. Um, mm-hmm. Compared yeah. to only 5% of the U.S. population, 40% had attempted. Yeah. We're down about 5%. Um, it was 45% as uh, of five years ago. So it is coming down um, nowhere near enough. Um, yeah. so for general reference for people, the general population is around 4%. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So it, it's it's staggering. I mean, we're 10 times the national average with suicide rate. Um, the thing is, though, as more and more studies come out, what they're finding is it's the trans individuals who have not only familial, um, family support, but peer support and societal support around them. Right. All three of those together, um, that's where you see the drastic depletions and suicide rates. Still above the national oh, average. So far mm-hmm. above. But not not as much. Mm-hmm. Because the national mm-hmm. average is right around 4.6%. 4. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Do you ever feel lucky, maybe, that this all happened that you were able, I, I think about, so I'm older than you are. So if, if this were, if I were to place myself in this timeline, it would be 2000, 2001. I don't want to know what was on the internet uh, mm-hmm. for uh, resources for trans. Mm-hmm. Then do you ever feel fortunate that it's happened? It happened to you now, as opposed to 10 years before that, when the resources yeah. were so mm-hmm. much fewer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You right. Know? Oh, I think that makes perfect sense. Or, God forbid when you were our age. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. You there just was... didn't even hear about it. You were cross dressers. That's what it was. Right. right. Mm-hmm. And there was nowhere to get the information. Nowhere. For so many, especially mm-hmm. my age or older, right. those poor people. Well, yeah. Then, I mean, who could tell what was written on the tablet? How many stone tablets can you cut around? Always have to go there. Have to go there. Oh my gosh. Okay, can we talk about religion for a hot minute? Bree, would you like to join us for this? For the religion part? You can or you don't have to. Um, One of the things about religion, um, and I I can only speak from my religious background. Um, I belong to a church here in Aberdeen that's very, for the most part, very inclusive. I'm not going to say everybody at the church is inclusive. I'm looking at Bree because she grew up in our church. Um, But we really do believe that it's not up to us to judge. God loves everybody. We're all created in God's image. And I am going to challenge anybody that likes to throw the Bible out there that if you could boil the Bible down into one sentence, it's love one another. And so be careful how you use your religion. And I I guess I may get to heaven someday. It's highly unlikely. But if I do... (laughs) Not after 40 episodes of this show. Right? 
I really don't see that God's going to go, oh, you did this and you did this and you did all these good works. But then you told people that I love everybody. So sorry, you're out of here. I just I feel like I'm hedging my bets. But my opinion. Hey, Becky. Where did you get your incredible master's degree in counseling? Well, let me tell you, the same place I got my, amaz- my amazing bachelor's degree, Northern State University. Wow. Did you know that now they offer programs in K-12 through school counseling and clinical mental health, and they are KCREP approved? Stop it. Yeah, I'm not lying. KCREP is such a big deal, too. It totally is. And right now, they have a trauma focus, which is a standalone course, not to mention their integrative mental health care class, which, get this, includes yoga, it includes specific disorders and how to treat them, ADHD, all the cool stuff, even spirituality. No. Yeah. How about aromatherapy? Because you know I love my essential oils. Even that. Yeah. I love it. And the program helps prepare students to take and pass, the hopefully pass, the licensure <laughs> exams and get national certification. I love that. So if you're interested... Contact Northern State University. Hey, it's Brody, producer of Shrink Wrap. Just wanted to let you know that you can now purchase all kinds of great Shrink Wrap merch over on their bonfire site. We're talking mugs, water bottles, sweatshirts, t-shirts, tote bags, all of it. From the sassy to the regular, you got some great Shrink Wrap merch over on Bonfire. Head to the Facebook page to find the link or search Shrink Wrap Podcast on bonfire.com. And now, back to the episode. Um, my name is Bree Khan. I'm Addie's fiance. And fiance I, oh, for all you Seinfeld lovers. Yeah. <laughs> I'm actually from Aberdeen here and moved away in 2016 after I graduated, but met Addie a year later. And like Becky said, grew up in the same church as her. Um, also went to another church in town as well a little bit. And one big thing with religion I notice is the differences between denomination mm-hmm. and there's a whole like movement on social media right now as well about, you know, sharing about God and all of these different things, but it's so far, it's so far, like, like far fetched that sometimes, you know, somebody who I know shared this string of tweets and it was like, well, if you're confused with your gender, I'm sorry for you. You know, mm. I'm sorry for you. I understand your hardship. And first of all, I wanted to say, no, you fucking don't. <laughs> <laughs> There's the F bomb, Marie. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> you don't. And I don't even, you know, I know. I was going to say, you're engaged like, to somebody who's yeah. transgender. You don't understand what Addie has been through. No. And I, you know, I see a lot of things and we've been mm-hmm. together for almost five years, but. Still, I don't understand what it's like. The person who tweeted this was a white woman about my age, so mid-20s. You know, they don't understand either. And for Mm -hmm. them to go on and say that is ridiculous. And And, ignorant. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely ignorant. And almost willfully ignorant, too. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. There's a, you know, you can be ignorant about things, and I sure am. I know I've Mm -hmm. said things that are not appropriate at all. But I hope somebody calls me out on that and says, hey, you know, that's not okay. Let's talk about why. Yeah. But there are people who just won't. And just this girl went on to share a ton of, you know, Bible verses saying this and that. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, it was 
It was nuts. You can find a Bible verse to support anything. You really can. Because it was written in the Stone Age by Franz Cousin. (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't resist. (laughs) I was just right there. Becky and I are going to go after the podcast. There's going to be hair pulling as there is. And I'm I'm going to be pulling it. I'm going to sit on your skinny ass and you're not going to be able to get up. say be kind (laughs) i will as i'm sitting on her tickling her no but i mean it was written so long ago and people never take the context like women were property you could stone your children to death um seafood was you can't eat shellfish yeah i was just gonna say you can't eat shellfish because it it was it like killed you so it was food of the devil it just wasn't handled properly and you got food poisoning and died but we didn't think about that we didn't know why women bled every month and so they were full of the devil because why else would you just bleed once a month and so you have to just remember that there's context and to take that for what it's worth and be careful when you i i hate anybody that uses the bible as a weapon I don't think that's what God or Jesus would have ever intended. My opinion. I'm not a minister. I'm not a pastor. Believe it or not, I'm not a priest. But that is my opinion. Um, but along those lines, Bree, let's talk a little bit about keyboard warriors. Another favorite topic. Oh, yeah. Favorite topic. So first um, of all, what is a keyboard warrior? I guess not everybody okay. might know that. Keyboard warrior is somebody who hides behind a screen or device to just say incredibly rude things. There's a lot of trolling accounts. So you can make... Um, for context here, I should probably say that I'm a social media manager and my entire job is to be on social media and create marketing. So I am. On no, it all I am sorry for you. That sounds awful. Yeah, it's actually a lot of fun. I'm glad you love <laughs> it. No, yeah. It's kind of like it's exhausting, but it, it's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and back to the keyboard warrior, but you can create trolling accounts. So it doesn't matter who you are. You can have multiple accounts on your device like mm-hmm. under multiple names yeah aliases exactly. and mm-hmm. you know my phone if i really wanted to be i have multiple brand accounts on my phone mm-hmm. i could go in and pretend to be one of my clients and say terrible things now yeah. i'm not going to do that no because you probably wouldn't they wouldn't be your client for very no. long <laughs> i would uh, um, but you can do that and yeah. it's relatively anonymous depending on how you create it and i've i've really noticed how um vocal and hostile and aggressive people can be when they're just sitting at home behind their computer. And to me, it's like, if you wouldn't say it to somebody's face, why are you typing it? Exactly. And even too, I've had people who I know and I know really well message me things. And I'm like, you would never once say that to me Mm -hmm. if you saw me in person. Like in regards to you coming out or Mm -hmm. coming out, Addie. um, Wow. Just, yeah. And it's like, my God. Now you can block people on social media. I don't like to do that. So if you want to mm-hmm. see what I'm doing in life and see how well I'm doing, how happy I am, I just restrict you. So you can't actually send me anything, but you can see all my stuff. Oh. But you can't comment or send me messages or anything like that. I have unfollowed a lot of people oh, yeah. over the last two years. Yep. Yeah. I don't want to unfriend them because I don't want to, um, I don't know. I don't, this just seems like eighth grade to me, but I unfollow them because their messages are so negative mm-hmm. and ugly. Yep. And I just don't want that in my life. Yeah, you can, a little hot tip here for anybody who's got somebody they just don't want to see but don't want to unfriend. You go to somebody's profile on Facebook and there's three dots on there. Click on it and then you can click unfollow. You will no longer see their stuff in your feed. Mm-hmm. However, they will remain friends, so there is no drama if you exactly. have to see this person. Exactly. Thank you for explaining that. You're now, welcome. the downside is, I mean, there are some people that, you know, that 
you know, I've known for a long time. I don't know what their kids are doing anymore unless I search them out and then just check on it. But who has time for that? Yeah. And so that's a downside. But I'm also not seeing hate and ugliness and misinformation. That's my new one. So let's take a minute now to focus on access to healthcare, and I'm going to turn this over to Addie. Thank you, Bree. <laughs> okay, so access to healthcare. Um, I feel like in this region, this actually could be a very hot topic issue. Um, it's world. I mean, worldwide, transgender healthcare, healthcare in general, is very debatable. Um, transgender healthcare is no different. Um, I think it's getting better, but it has a ways to go. So starting out, it's just. Um, Access to healthcare is obviously a debated issue. Um, transgender healthcare is no different. Um, I like to turn my attention to, I found this study in preparation for this podcast, which I think really documents it. It was done by Harvard Med School um, in conjunction with um, Mass General Hospital in Massachusetts. Um, and it basically looked at the psychological outcomes and results of transgender people who sought out gender-affirming care, whether that's hormone replacement therapy, surgeries, um, cosmetic things. like It's just transgender healthcare. And it basically showed um, that people who got proper surgical care and transgender care were 42% less likely to experience psychological distress, 35% less likely um, to use drugs like tobacco, smoking, and a 44% reduction in suicidal ideation as a result of proper health care. And I think that right there, I wish it would just speak to the healthcare industry and Mm -hmm. just go to show that we need like LGBTQ care everywhere. I mean, I've lived in North Dakota now for seven years Mm -hmm. and I still go back to Northeast Ohio for my health care because I have I go to a pride clinic. It was one of the first pride clinics in the nation. Um, it mm-hmm. opened up. What's a pride clinic? So a pride clinic is an oh, L- pride. Uh, sorry. Pride. sorry. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was an acronym. Nope. You're good. Nope. Okay. Pride clinic. So an LGBTQ healthcare mm-hmm. clinic. So they specialize in LGBTQ healthcare, whether that's um, gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender, intersex, um, asexual, like they mm-hmm. just specialize in LGBTQ care. Um, so, And to me, that was a huge advantage starting out. That really helped me get started on my hormone replacement therapy because the doctors there are educated. Right. They know how to treat that. I hear horror stories like in Fargo. I know some trans individuals who, when they came out and went to their endocrinologist, it's not that their endocrinologist didn't didn't not respect them because they did Mm -hmm. respect them. But they had to teach their endocrinologist about hormone replacement therapy. Right. And to me, that's scary because like HRT, it sounds so subtle. And I know like Mm. to the younger trans individuals out there, they're thinking, oh, HRT, I can't wait to start. I can just do it on my own. Like, Mm -hmm. no, it is something you have to watch very, very carefully, Mm -hmm. Um, especially on the male to female side of things. So if you're born assigned male at birth and transitioning to become a woman, um, it can be dangerous taking estrogen. There's right. a lot of clotting issues and stuff that you could run into as a result of those hormone changes. And the idea that there's patients out there that have to teach their doctors this, or worse mm-hmm. yet, people who don't have access to proper medical care and are self-medicating on hormones, right. mm-hmm. like that oh, is yeah. just, it's scary. It really does scare me because yeah. um, 
that that's just not something. So I wanna I wanna speak to um, Karen in Wisconsin who's listening to this and going, I'm not paying for anybody to get their sex changed and whatever. So what I would say to that would be, and I'm sorry, Karen's one of my dearest friends, not in Wisconsin, and now I feel bad that I use that name. Um, <laughs> but. What I would like to see is just you get the same health care coverage that anybody does. Does that make sense? Exactly. Yeah. Like, I'm not saying you should get better health care coverage, or I think we should all should get better health care coverage. But um, nobody's saying we want to take away from Karen in Wisconsin's Blue Cross Blue Shield. That's just a fictional name, by the way. People don't hunt down a Karen in Wisconsin. <laughs> Do you want a rope or are you just going to keep digging yourself this Karen size yeah. hole? <laughs> She's an emu in British Columbia. Oh, my gosh. If you follow Useless Farm. Okay. Um, But anyway, I I think that's a concern. I think people think that their health care costs are going to increase so that um, LGBTQ or transgender um, are because they're going to have the same health care that everybody else does. Oh, Brie. Yes. Here. Popping in. Another thing to point out, too, when you talk about trans individuals, always say transgender individuals or transgender people. Yeah. Not just transgender because then you're D. Thank you. Because we talk about that. Like when we did our episode on hoarders, we tried not to say hoarders, people with hoarding or hoarding disorder. So thank you, Brie. That's actually at the bottom. What? I, oh. I, I posted that in the, um, like the, what was the section here? Oh, yeah, oh I saw good. That. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I do so want to add that when I was doing research um, for this podcast, I came across a term I had not been exposed to before, which is trans broken arm syndrome. This is when a healthcare provider consciously or unconsciously assumes all of the medical issues are a result of being trans. And, you know, when you think about that, that is really scary because it's like, no, dude, I just have a broken arm. You know, what does that have to do with my gender identity at all? And why are we focusing on that unless I, as a transgender individual, am bringing it to the table? Why are we focusing on that? Sure. Yeah, And I think it's just implicit bias. I mean, women see it when they go to a doctor's Mm -hmm. office. Oh, you're probably pregnant. Any problem? Oh, are you pregnant? Like, are you sure? Mm -hmm. Really? Like, for sure. And, like, they just proud about that. And and I think, like, that's a lot of what it comes down to. And when you look at transgender health care and the access to it, um, we're talking about the front of, like, hormone care and stuff like that. Mm. The other side that wasn't brought up in the study and is not talked about is refusal of care. Mm. Think of the mm. states, I like Arkansas, for example, doctors have the right to refuse health care to transgender individuals. Which Ohio. goes directly against their Hippocratic Oath. Exactly. They Because in Ohio, I know of a trans individual who went to see a physician for strep throat, mm-hmm. and the doctor would not treat her. Oh, mm. oh wow. Nothing to strep do with throat. gender dysphoria. Right. Strep throat. Like, that is that is so sad. I know of trans individuals. I think I now I can't cite this. I would have to pull up the information. But of stories... <laughs> of trans individuals who were in car accidents and the paramedics found out they were trans and deprioritized their health care. Wow. Wow. That's scary. Exactly. And that's just so, uh, I don't know. And that's what bothers me. I think, I mean, it is changing. Don't get me wrong. It's getting better um, as healthcare, especially the larger healthcare companies in the U S they have a big influence on this. um, Mm -hmm. And I think they do realize that. 
Um, exciting to say, locally, I don't know of any um, Pride clinics in Aberdeen. There's not yet. No, not there yet. is not. I love that. Not mm-hmm. yet. Yeah. <laughs> um, however, Fargo does have a Pride clinic, um, the Canopy Clinic. I personally have not been there. I've heard mm-hmm. really good things about it. Yay. Um, but that is like a step in the right direction, just a regional access to proper LGBTQ care. Not to mention, when you talk to younger doctors, and mm-hmm. I find this really interesting because I do ask about it a lot, younger doctors and nurses, I ask, like, when you went through med school or nursing school, did transgender come up? Like, did being transgender come up? Mm-hmm. And almost nine times out of ten, it's yes. They did. And they did learn about it in yeah. med school. And so as more and more people learn about it, it's going to become more normalized in our medical community. Well, mm-hmm. I think that segues us beautifully into education. Mm-hmm. I want to say one more thing about oh, the medicine, and that is thank God for telehealth, because oh. I think that LGBTQ people have more options. They can hop online. I know that several of my clients that um, were are female to male transgender individuals have contacted Planned Parenthood and been able to get their services via telehealth. Mm-hmm. That that never would have happened years ago. Mm-hmm. So that is opening a whole mm-hmm. new um, field of opportunity for people. Regarding education now, more than three quarters of those who are out or perceived as transgender at some point between kindergarten through 12th grade experience some form of mistreatments like harassment, being disciplined more harshly, physically or sexually assaulted, all because people thought they were transgender. 17% faced such severe treatment, mistreatment, that they had to leave school. And that to me is just absolutely unacceptable. I mean, can you imagine just trying to go to school in general as a transgender individual feeling anxiety? You feel like something's amiss here. I've got to hide who I am. You've got all that stuff going on in your head every single day. And then people are bullying you or being disrespectful to you. Who would want to go to school? I right. mean, no way. There's no way. Mm-hmm. Do you know what jumps out to me in that statistic? Hmm. The end, because people thought they were transgender. Mm-hmm. What about the individuals who aren't transgender? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The boys who are a little bit more feminine or the girls who are a little bit more masculine. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and that's what it comes down to. Like, who, who are you to tell somebody that they're transgender? Mm-hmm. Because you ultimately don't know. And who are you to care, really? Exactly. Yeah. Like, how, <laughs> I mean, you know, how does it affect your life? Yeah. And, and I mean, it's so, I mean, obviously grade school is such a whole yeah. different dynamic, but. Yeah. Have I, you, have you ever heard of the song? I love Brandy Carlisle. Have you ever heard of the song, The Joke? That is I like, that I cry every single time I watch that video. You have to li- please listeners listen to it because that is an, a perfect example of people that others might perceive as different. And how incredibly beautiful every single one of them are. It's mm-hmm. just an amazing video. I highly, highly promote it. Remind me, I'll put it up on our social media. Okay. Yeah. So what about employment and poverty? Um, the employment rate among people who responded to this survey, 15%, was three times higher than just the unemployment rate for the U.S. population. And um, 
Um, nearly one third are living in poverty, which is more than twice the rate of the U.S. population. And overall, 30% of respondents who had a job in the past year reported being fired, denied a promotion, or experiencing some form of mistreated treatment related to their gender identity or expression. And that hurts my heart because we're always talking about get a job, get a job, get a job. Okay, I have a job, but now you're going to fire me. Mm-hmm. I, I'm doing my job well. Like, if you're going to fire me for not doing my job, that's one thing. But for anything else, yeah, employment's like a, a double standard. Yeah, employment's a tough one. Mm-hmm. So I'll admit, like, I'm in aviation. Um, and, you know, the blessed part about aviation is, in a large way, it's truly based on can you or can you not do it? Are you rated to do it? Yes, good, do it. Mm-hmm. Are you not rated to do it? Sorry, you got to go. Yeah. Figure it out. Um, however, that doesn't, that, but the, it's still like those implicit biases still come in and it's, um, like whether it's just trying to get an interview. Unfortunately, I mean, I, I never answer that I'm transgender on an interview mm-hmm. survey, even I know it says like, oh, this answer won't impl- imp- impact your answer, like <laughs> yeah. your interview odds, but I'm like, it's nobody's right. It's yeah. my right. Like, why do I need to answer that? Mm-hmm. Why should um, it matter? Exactly. Yeah. And that's ultimately what I think it comes down to. And I mean, I don't, employment, gosh, poverty. I mean, obviously, uh, the mm-hmm. transgender community, I, poverty is one you can speak to. Mm-hmm. I can see how that comes up. When you talk about being disowned, the struggles of healthcare, transgender healthcare, mm-hmm. and trying to be covered, like how that all ties together. Um, how many transgender people are kicked out of their house? Mm-hmm. I don't care if it's a 17-year-old kid or a 50-year-old person. Mm-hmm. What if their spouse isn't supportive of this and doesn't want them living there anymore mm-hmm. and they end up in a homeless situation? Mm-hmm. Um, how how do you dig yourself? How do you pick yourself up? And and I think that's where the external resources come in and having a, not only a self-conscious society, but just people around you to help mm-hmm. you through these struggles mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. so important mm-hmm. because that's what's really going to take you out of these horrible situations. Absolutely. I like to think we're going in the right direction. Mm -hmm. We're making strides. Right. The next topic, athletics, and we're not going to go too far into this. Um, Addie pointed out in our pre-podcast discussion, this is really the new bathroom debate. I would totally agree with that. Um, And I think you know, again, people be kind, you know, Mm -hmm. we have individuals that are highly talented. They transgender individuals want to compete just like anybody else. They train like anybody else. The science is not completely in on this. So until it's in, be freaking kind, just be kind, be open, be willing to learn, be willing to talk about options. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think I would just as soon leave it at that. I don't think we know enough about it at this point other than than to say what we've just said about it. Right. If you're going to complain about it right now, the transgender athletes that are competing are following the guidelines. Mm -hmm. They are within their right to compete under the rules. Under the current guidelines. If you want to complain to somebody and blame somebody, do not go to the athlete Go to the administrators. Right. Yeah, the athletes. It, fault. Exactly. Yeah. The athletes are following the rules. Yep. If the rules need to be changed, the athletes won't be changing the rules. Mm-hmm. So right. there's no sense in belittling them and tearing them or down or bullying them. Exactly. Yeah. Agree. Very good point. 
Very good mm-hmm. point. Retweet, as the kids say. <laughs> How'd I do, Brie? Was that good? Thank you. <laughs> She's so cool. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to hashtag in a minute. Um, let's talk about assault, and this is just going to make me sick to my stomach. Um, nearly one in 10 respondents were physically attacked in the past year just because of being transgender. Nearly half responded that they were sexually assaulted at some point um, in their lifetime, and one in 10 were sexually assaulted in the past year just for being transgender. Mm-hmm. What the fuck, people? Do you remember Sorry, the movie? Mom. Did anybody see the movie Boys Don't Cry? Oh, it's been a long time. Oh. Holy moly. That was a long time okay, ago. Okay, who is the actress in Million? Hillary Swank. Yeah. Hillary Swank. That Talk about a powerful example of this kind of hatred toward this individual transgender minding his own business. Right. I mean, it is a powerful example of this. It is. And think about this for a second. 53 transgender people were murdered in the United States last year in 2021. Wow. 53 people mm-hmm. were murdered just because they are transgender. 89%. Um, and 89 were people of color. 89% of the transgender people are people of color. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's... So let's talk a little bit about the the bathroom debate. Um, more than half of the of the transgender individual surveys, fifty nine percent avoided. Now listen to this: they this avoided using the bathroom because they were afraid of confrontations. One third. <laughs> Addie's raising her hand. Yes. Then they're done that. One third literally limited the amount they ate and drank so they didn't have to use the bathroom. Eight percent got urinary tract infections, kidney infection, or another problem because they avoided the bathroom. So, you know, we're all worried about transgender individuals coming to the bathroom and assaulting somebody else. They don't want to use the bathroom. Right. I'm honestly, you know, when Jake was little, I was more nervous when we got to that age where it was a little awkward for him to come in the women's bathroom with me anymore. And so I would send him into the men's bathroom by himself. That made me nervous. Mm -hmm. I'm sending him in to a bathroom with adult males Mm -hmm. all by himself. But again, just like you were saying, um, just go use the bathroom. Like, why is this a, why is this a deal? Mm -hmm. Go use the bathroom. Um, Like I told Addie before we started recording, I think the biggest bathroom issue that we have in our country right now is wash goddamn hands. Right. Okay. Wash your hands. I am blown away by people who are still leaving the bathroom without washing their hands. Yes. When I was in Utah, there was this sign on the door. I think I was at a bar called the Porcupine and it had a picture of a porcupine and then the male and the female and whatever. And it was like, it said, don't care, just wash your hands. Just wash your hands. And isn't that the truth? If Who we're in a gas station and the women's, because, you know, it's, if it's one of those single-use bathrooms, the women, there's always like a line of five, and then there's, I will use the one that's designated for men. I don't care. Does it have a toilet? Can I lock the door? Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm going to the bathroom. Yeah. I don't know. If that makes people uncomfortable, I'm sorry, but here we are. Okay. You shouldn't have to have a UTI. You shouldn't have to have a kidney infection. You shouldn't have to just hold it because Mm-mm. you are or scared. Res- or restrict your liquids or right. your or your solids, I guess. Let's back up to the top of this. 1.4 million adults in the U.S. identify as transgender. That's a lot right. of people. Odds are you've probably used a bathroom with a trans person <laughs> and before. And you just didn't know. Right. Exactly. And nothing yeah. happened. I yeah. know some trans individuals, some friends, they actually carry stickers with them mm-hmm. that they post on the stall saying, a transgender person peed here. <gasps> I kind of like I that. Like, I love that because and, I, I'm sorry. I was just thinking. I just thought mm-hmm. about what's the t- 
statistics of actually being assaulted by a transgender person in a bathroom. Do we know? Never documented. Okay. Because I talked about that in my TED Talk. Because I'm not sure that mm-hmm. it exists. Mm-hmm. Or if it does, it has nothing to do with transgender. Yeah. And somebody is some uh, like it a perpetrator. Matter. Yeah, that person's a pervert. Yeah. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. like if, if that person yeah. is a pervert, if they're going to do it, it had nothing to do with them being transgender. It just had everything to do with being so wrong. This is exactly. what, okay, so the rest of these stats are coming from the National Center for Transgender Equality, Supporting the Transgender People in Your Life, A Guide to Being a Good Ally. So here's some facts about what you can do and what not do. I interrupted you. Did you want to say something? I did want to yes, chime in on the bathroom do. today. Okay, do it. At the very end. I will say, I have been called out twice in a bathroom. Really? Yes. Once was back in 2017 in Chicago. Um, have you guys ever driven through Chicago on the highway before? Mm-hmm. Are you familiar with the Oasis? Yes. Yeah, I was at one of the Oasis using the women's oh, restroom. yep. The rest areas that go over the highway, beautiful rest areas. Thanks, Chicago. Mm -hmm. Um, And a lady, she, I I never, because I was always so ashamed to be in the women's restroom, I would always keep my head down. I would never look up. I wouldn't say anything. I go in, do my business, wash my hands and leave. Mm -hmm. Thank you for adding that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, in the Oasis, the lady, she touched, guys, pre-COVID, she took my, she took her fingers and pushed my chin up. (gasps) To check for an Adam's apple. No. Oh, okay. That's the first thing I went to. That's no. I went to. <laughs> no. She pushed my chin up and she said, if you're going to be in here and you're going to use this restroom, you will hold your head high and act uh, like you belong oh here. Oh my God. I'm going to tear oh. up. Oh. See, I go to the negative right that's away. Awesome. But that's beautiful. The second time I was called out, I so this was pretty, Brie knows, she knows exactly where this is going because this is recent. This was in January. Um, I was driving from Minneapolis to Fargo on 94, had to use the restroom. I really, really had to pee mm-hmm. bad. Mm-hmm. And so I got out of the car and I made a run for it. Mm-hmm. And I got in, I used the bathroom, I got out. I, as I, I, was, I was getting out of the stall and I was going to walk up to the sink and I look up and there's a guy standing right there. And I am like, what the? F-? Yeah. <laughs> like, and before yeah. I could say it, like he was weird, mm-hmm. just face to face before I could say it. Behind him to his left, or to my, my my left, his right, yeah, was urinals, a wall of urinals. Oh! And I realized, because he was also like, yeah. what the? What is she doing here? Exactly. So it's like, I, now that begs the question. It's yeah. like, where do you want me to pee? Because if I go to the women's restroom, you're now complaining that it's wrong. But mm-hmm. then I go use the men's restroom, and you're like, what the? Yeah, like, right. Yeah. Like, so what is the real answer here? And I think it's just... Who cares? Wherever the You're toilet is. You're using the bathroom. Is. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So let's just start with this. You don't have to understand someone's identity to respect it. And I'm going to add, or be kind to them. Be freaking kind. Becky? Oh, is the next one me? I thought yeah. it was way down there. It's all okay. you, baby. You can't always tell if someone is transgender simply by looking at them. And that goes for the Adam's apple thing, too. That's not a thing anymore. Mm-hmm. Right. And there is no one right way to be transgender. There is so much variability in any population of humans. And same thing with the transgender population. You may expect them or think they should act a certain way or talk a certain way. Let it go, people. Let it go. And continue to educate yourself. And like I stated earlier, I was very excited for this episode because I don't consider myself very educated on this. And um, it's important to have these conversations and and have it from a place of kindness. And uh, as I always tell everybody, listen to understand and not to judge. 
The only thing I'll say about educating, mm-hmm. just remember, if you do meet a transgender person in your life, oh, don't make them your trans wiki. Yeah. Like a Wikipedia source. It's not their source. job. It, it's not. <laughs> a trans wiki. No. Yeah. Now, I, I had to stop and think about that one for a minute. Is this another acronym no. I don't know? Or, oh, no. Wikipedia. No. Got it. Um, so just keep that in mind. If people, like, I'm always willing to talk and educate mm-hmm. because that's what I want to do. I want to hold, like. Can you speak more to that? Because you, so you mentioned you have a TED talk to prepare for this. They sent me your TED talk. You're very well spoken and well versed in the in the stats and stuff. Are in addition to your aviation career, is this a, a path for you? Or like talk what what are you doing for the cause? Because it seems like it seems like a lot. Okay, yeah. So I did a TED talk. Um, I started a collegiate organization for LGBTQ aviators. Um, so wow. yeah, I started that at UND um, through a national organization. Um, I've since been a little bit disconnected with the organization. Um, I kind of had to put everything on hold um, because flight training. Contrary to it's it's extensive. It's no no yeah. joke. <laughs> it, it really it really takes everything out of you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've really kind of suspended a lot of things. That being said, I'm trying to get more involved again. Um, mm-hmm. I know next month I'm going to um, I'm going to be speaking on a panel with a bunch of different um, aviators, um, just kind of oh. talking about different diversity in aviation and addressing mm-hmm. that. So I'll kind of be representing the transgender community in that aspect. Wonderful. Oh, super cool. Um, I don't know what's to come, though, because yeah. the transgender community, like our battles change mm-hmm. every mm-hmm. every week. And so I don't know. I, I don't know what the future looks like. I, I'll just kind of wait and see wherever wherever I feel the need is, is mm-hmm probably where I'll try to step up and be. Well, and I think you bring up such a good point. You're very open and comfortable talking about it. The next Mm -hmm. person might not be. Right. Exactly. Like with anything, Mm -hmm. I'm very comfortable talking about my depression. Some people do not want it mentioned. Exactly. And, and it's their right. Okay. And, and that's all I just want to encourage people. It's like, if you meet a transgender person for the first time, don't over, don't, don't be too much. Treat it like a first date. Like just Mm -hmm. be, just be subtle. (laughs) (laughs) In your mind. Be cool. Be cool. Be cool. Use the language a transgender person uses for themselves. Mm-hmm. Another word for that is respect. There you go. <laughs> exactly. Respect person. And mm-hmm. again, if you don't, along the lines of respect, if you don't know what pronouns to use, just ask them. Mm-hmm. Do they go by he, she, they, whatever it might be? Just see what they, they prefer. As Addie said, be careful and considerate about what other questions you ask. You know, be mindful. Don't go on and on and on to this poor individual and expect them to be your Encyclopedia Britannica. Asking someone's <laughs> for trans listening, that's what, what was before that? Wiki. Yes, that was before. <laughs> yes, I've got to speak to the old peeps. <laughs> I didn't even catch that, Brody. Thanks yeah. for being on top of yeah, that. Yeah, I just, while we're explaining all the other acronyms, we'll just do France. And, uh, yeah, Encyclopedia Britannica was the the big books that you your grandma had on her bookshelf while you were Wikipedia and everything else. So, sorry. Continue. Asking someone's name and pronoun is almost always appropriate as we do take that information just about every other every day talking to people. Okay, bottom line is, would I be comfortable if this question was asked of me? And if not, please don't ask. Yeah. Becky, what are some off-limit topics? What should you not bring up? Specifically, we're going to say, don't ask what their real name was. Don't call it that. Don't ask them what their birth name was. Um, Don't ask them to see photo, you know, don't ask them for photographs before they transitioned. That's up to them to share if that's what they so choose to. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Don't ask what hormones they're taking or not taking or what surgeries have you had or not had. Oh, my gosh. Again, would you would you ask anybody that? No, you would not. Seriously. I oh, know. I would just throw a punch I don't somebody. know what the fixation is with transgender people and their genitals. Mm-hmm. It's, it I get that question yeah. so many times. And it's just, it's disgusting. God, like oh, yeah, it's, just, it's like why do you care? Yeah, right. yeah, it's my thing. I took care of whatever. Yeah, can I took you care imagine of. if somebody came up to you back and they're like, "Hey, what do you got going on down there?" Yeah, you know, like <laughs> me being me, I'd probably tell them. <laughs> Ask my husband. Not a lot. <laughs> Moths and dust. <laughs> Wait, did you? Oh God. <laughs> You asked, Fran. There you I go. I really did. Don't use someone, as Addie said, um, don't use them as your personal trans wiki. If you don't know their comfort level, don't assume their comfort level. Don't ask about sexual relationships. And oh my God, don't please. be calling someone a transgender. A transgender. Oh, you're one of those transgender. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, avoid compliments or advice based on stereotypes about transgender people or about how men and women should look or act. And again, I'm going to say that should be just humans. Mm-hmm. Don't ever. I mean, with it, I you have to know the person's comfort level too, but just don't. You look like a real woman. I never would have known you used to be a man. What? Ah, uh, can you imagine? Yeah. <laughs> Has anybody ever said that to you? I've had people. Yeah, I mean, I've had people who are in disbelief when they told them I was trans, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it's just. I mean, I don't know. It's just. I think yeah. some people might mean it as a compliment, here, but it's yeah. sideways. Here's, yeah. here's, I think it comes back it's to the language piece, yeah. right? And I think it definitely could be with malicious. And this is in no way equal, but the only thing I have to compare it to, I was a stay-at-home dad for a while, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't think my grandma was malicious when she said, how's daddy daycare going? Mm-hmm. I just think she doesn't right. have the language for it, right? right? Mm-hmm. And so I think we... Uh, there are a large group of people who were brought up in the cross-dressing type. That, right. That's how it was talked about, right? Yeah. So I think some of the, and you, I guess you correct me if I'm wrong, but there, there's got to be that maybe it's not a great, maybe gray area is not the right word, but we, we don't know the language to use if we're not yeah. in that community or, or exposed or, to right. interacting with, with trans yeah. individuals. One thing about, you know, the LGBTQ population, the training and the language is constantly emerging and changing right. mm-hmm. as we're getting new science and we're understanding right. more. So I don't think ignorance is always a pass, you know, like well, right. definitely not a pass. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. So keep learning and growing. I mean, I can say I just took another training and the language had evolved incredibly, even in the last three years. So, mm-hmm. I mean, evolve or die. And yep. Okay, you would look less trans if you just don't be given tips, like if you got a wig, if you shaved, if you plucked your eyebrows, whatever. Oh my God, the wig tip. Do you know how expensive? Like they wig are very expensive. Are so expensive, especially mm-hmm. like I never had a wig early on in my transition. I was mm-hmm. just out of high school. Like right. paying for college, flight training is really, really expensive. Like, yeah. I mean, to like just suggest that stuff because maybe that person wants a wig, mm-hmm. but they can't have it, and you're just rubbing it in their you're face. You're taking hundreds yeah. of dollars. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, no real man would wear clothing like that. You should change if you don't want people to know you're transgender. Oh my! I don't mean to laugh at these. They're so They're dumb. Horrible. Who would say this? Horrible. P- okay, I date him even though he's transgender. I date him even though. Sorry, that's too I'd, far. I just would, too far. I'd tap that. I- <laughs> I thought I was too far. Oh, Becky. Oh, Franny Banani, what are some resources for transgender people? The Trevor Project. 
Um, this there are uh, eight hundred numbers that are twenty four seven to help people. Lifeline. Um, these are things that we can put up on our yeah. Facebook page and mm-hmm. Instagram. Um, South Dakota has a fantastic South Dakota transformation project, and they are very involved in um, changing legislation. There's the Trans Lifeline, and we'll put that number up as well. There's Planned Parenthood that's out there. Mm -hmm. Starbucks also, I've had several transgender individuals that have worked for Starbucks that also has great insurance to help with transition issues. We mentioned the song by Brandi Carlisle, The Joke, and there's also a great song project called the Euphoria Song Project. Have you ever heard of that? I have not, no. Okay. So I want to read something to you. Here it is. The Real Me. The eyes that I've been given are playing tricks on me because when I look into the mirror, I'm not who I seem to be. I try so hard to fake it. I've mimicked and I've lied. I laugh and I make like I'm okay, but the real me I hide. Terrified to tell the truth, I feel so all alone. Will I be rejected? Will I still have a home? I've chosen to keep quiet. I can't bear to bear my soul. Sometimes I can play the game, but hiding takes its toll. I'm desperately unhappy. I dream of being dead. It seems like there is nothing to take away the dread. It's time for me to take a stand. I must come out, you see. Life is not worth living unless I'm the real me. And those who truly love me, I won't have to sway. They'll accept me as I am while making my new way. Although I may confound you or put you ill at ease, I mean no harm or disrespect and only ask that please hold for just one moment your judgment and your scorn. Take time to know what's in my heart, the real me who's been born. I wrote that about, I would say, probably 10 years ago. Oh, that's and beautiful, Fran. Thank you. And it's and my transgender individuals have inspired me to, to get a better understanding yeah. and to look at them in their hearts and who they are. And um, I just feel really blessed to be able to work with that population of individuals. Absolutely. Yeah. If we, we always say if we quit learning from our clients, it's time to be done. Exactly. Yeah. Thank Addie, you. Would you plug your TED Talk? Yes. Or where can people find more information? Oh, so yeah, I guess I do have a TED Talk. Um, obviously, it came up a few times. Um, it is on YouTube. And I will link it to our social media. Your TEDx, yep. yep. Um, so you can find it on YouTube. If you just type in my name, Adeline Morasco, or, um, oh, I can't even remember what I titled it. We are all responsible for transgender equality. That's a well, Adeline spelled A D E L Y N N and Morosco. I never would have got the M R O S K O. And yeah, it's about seven it. minutes long mm-hmm. and it is so well done. Yes. TEDx Fargo. Mm-hmm. TEDx Fargo. Thank you both so much Thank for you being so much here. For yeah. Thank you, it's Addie. So it's been I our pleasure. Really appreciate Thanks it. for putting up with us. Yeah. Oh, Seriously, <laughs> we're obnoxious. You guys, we're the shrinks. And that's a wrap. <laughs>